0: Y'all, one of my all-time favorite podcasts on the planet is True Crime Bullshit with Josh Hallmark. And it is back on October 7th and continues the investigation into the crimes of enigmatic serial killer Israel Keys. Since the podcast launched in 2018, Josh Hallmark has broken down much of the Keys mythology, identified multiple likely victims, and worked with criminal profilers, retired FBI agents, forensic experts, and local law enforcement agencies across the country to link or rule Keys out in dozens of unsolved missing persons cases. As retired FBI agent Bobby Chacon put it, if anyone is going to find answers in the case of Israel Keys." its host, Josh Hallmark. Previously on Murder in Alliance...
1: Somebody was in that house then. It was a... It sounded to me like a woman's voice. And I really don't
2: want to say anything. Why's that? Because I'm
3: tired of being dragged in the middle of it.
1: Yeah. You're not in the middle to of it.
2: Oh, me. I have been for the last 22 years. How Three
3: did years? you find me here?
1: So you remember because seeing him...
3: My boyfriend, my ex-husband now, but my boyfriend at the time,
1: we saw him there that night. If Joe's giving her permission, so to speak, to talk with us, you would think Joe's not worried about what she's going to tell us. Well, I
2: truly honestly believe he didn't do it. I know David wanted him to, and I was under the impression that Dave was gonna pay him to.
0: This is Murder and Alliance, an active investigation into who killed Yvonne Lane. I'm Maggie Freeling. Once we finally got permission from Joe Wilkes to speak with Sam Pegg, Joe's best friend from high school, the floodgates opened. Sam told us that she loves Joe and doesn't believe he killed Yvonne Lane March 31st, 1999. But regardless, she also said he told her months after the murder that he did it. And he told her that before the murder even happened that David Thorne, Yvonne's boyfriend, wanted Joe to get rid of her.
2: I know David wanted him to.
1: Okay.
2: And I was under the impression that Dave... Was going to pay him to.
1: Did he tell you that David wanted him to do that? Yes. He did. Did he tell you that multiple times? Yes. Okay. Okay.
2: Before it happened or? Yeah. Like months before.
0: We had never heard this before. This was never in any of her statements to the police or grand jury. And we considered she was making it up. But for what purpose? Sam even said.
2: But to be able to get Joe out, I guess you got to get David out too.
0: So why would she implicate David if she thinks helping Joe requires David getting out? Well, if she was telling us the truth of what she knew. And Sam did tell us that she wasn't going to bring up any more information to the police or on the stand than what they told her Joe had said. And Joe did not say this. So if none of this was known to the police, she wasn't about to tell them.
4: How confident are you that Joe... Had made mention that his friend David wanted his wife killed before it happened.
2: Oh, yeah. I truly believe it was Dave had some part in it.
1: So they, Joe had been telling you for some time that David wanted him to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you think that at any point in time he was actually considering doing it?
4: No. Okay. Or do you believe that? That David masterminded it, no whether it was I, Joe or not.
2: I do. That's my gut feeling. Mm-hmm. He wanted it, and I think he would just find the first person that would say yes to do it. I know he, he always looked up to David. Yeah, always. Like whenever David would call, like I remember driving him over to David's house a couple of times, especially when him and when David and his wife were getting divorced. Yeah, and that's what whole started He didn't want to pay child support. But they had like five, six kids.
0: It's interesting Sam mentioned these details. Of course, we know that Yvonne and David were not married and all kids were not Davids, but Sam didn't. Sam didn't care one way or another. None of this meant anything to her. And to us, this just shows how little Sam was actually involved or has paid attention to the case. She even told us she has other shit going on and doesn't read the news or watch TV. So the fact that she remembers these details although not accurate, does tell us she's telling the truth about what she remembers.
4: Did you even know David? No. And he's just telling you, Sam, I got this buddy of mine that I look up to that wants me to kill his wife?
2: Yeah. And I looked at him, I said, Joe, you would never do that. He goes, no, I wouldn't. I said, okay. If if anything, he would never lie to me because he has no reason to.
1: Yeah.
0: But did he? We were baffled. Of course, we considered the possibility David was involved, but we had never come across any evidence other than what was presented at trial until now. And this was new, something even the police did not know. So what was going on? We had one more person to talk to before we confronted Joe. A few years back, a woman reached out to Sue on Facebook. She wrote her a message saying that she had information about the night of the murder that could help. She had seen something about David and Joe, either on social media or TV, and it sparked her memory. So we tracked her down to hear from her ourselves.
3: My boyfriend, my ex-husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, we saw him there that night. We didn't know it was that night at the time. Mm
0: -hmm. This is Jill. I'll leave her last name out for privacy's sake. Jill told Sue the night of the murder she was at the mall with her husband, and they bumped into Joe outside of the Comfort Inn. Jill knew Joe from school. They were actually good friends.
3: Like, we didn't know anything was going on. It was just, we just saw him, and he's like, yeah, I'm staying at this hotel for the night,
1: you know. And... So y'all bumped into him at the mall? He did. Okay. He
3: said he was staying the night there, and his friend was picking him up in the morning.
1: Did he say what he was doing there?
3: just
4: think at the hotel.
3: Like yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's a birthday party or a swim party or something. He asked us if we wanted to come in, and there was pizza. And I'm like, no, we're good. Like he was like, hey, you know my friend's kid is having a part a birthday party. Do you guys want to bring you, you know, I Madeline? Because gotcha. we had a baby at right. the time. Meaning like, that night? Yeah. That
4: right then, as he was talking right then, to you, it was a party?
3: Yeah. And okay. I'm like, no. Like, no. Cause so
4: he said it was a friend of his kid. I think
3: it was a friend of his kid. OK. That, I think that's, that's what he said. Because we've what been he looking said.
4: for a high school kegger party. Yeah. We never put it together that it could have been a friend's child's birthday party.
0: Now, one of Joe's previous statements about what he was doing at the mall that night He said he was actually attending a party, and that was the purpose of him being there. And now we have Jill telling us the same thing. In fact, Joe even tried to call Jill from prison to get her to be an alibi for him.
3: And I I mean, I never took the call, but it did get me thinking like, you know, maybe I should tell somebody, like, we saw him at the mall. But then I was like, eh, it's not really that big of a deal. So I saw somebody at the mall one night, and they're like, so what? Yeah. I'm sure it's just a coincidence and whatever.
0: But the so what is, now we have corroboration that one of the stories Joe told us about being at the mall for a party might be true. And now we're more confused than ever. If Joe was at the mall for a party, was he going to leave and pull off a hit and come back? I would think not. But then how do you explain Rose and Chris, who are backed up by Sam? I don't know. It was so confusing. And so it was finally time to talk to Joe Wilkes. Y'all, I am so excited to tell you once again that Pretty Litter is a sponsor of Murder in Alliance. And I'm excited about that because everything I do for my cats is rooted in love. Like letting my cat sleep on my head every single night, waking up, choking in hairballs. But that's love, and that's why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter has, hands down, been my favorite cat litter I have ever had in my life. I've tried every kind of litter, expensive, cheap, bodega litter. This is the best one. It's lightweight, dust-free, and it's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly and lasts up to a month. I have three cats, so when I say this is true, I promise you, It works on three cats. And the best part about Pretty Litter is that the litter changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illness, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And this is so important because cats can't tell you when there's something wrong with them. So this is a good indicator to get to the vet before it becomes a more serious issue. My cats and I are obsessed with Pretty Litter, and I know you will be too love is putting your cat's health first with Pretty Litter. Do what I did and make the switch today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code MIA for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com promo code MIA for 20% off prettylitter.com promo code MIA. A few updates on Joe's life since his arrest and conviction. Joe has become a minister. In fact, he was always pretty spiritual. The first person he ever told he did not commit the murder to was his minister, Victoria. She wrote in a sworn affidavit that she visited him in jail a few days after his arraignment. She said Joe was crying and he told her he didn't do this. And similar to what he has said since, he said the police told him he did it and told him how. Victoria said he kept crying and said he couldn't take a mother away from her children. Victoria visited him a few times after that, particularly the day before trial. She said Joe was more upset than she had seen him. He looked, quote, downcast and disturbed. Victoria said Joe told her that his lawyers said he had to say what they wanted him to or he would get the death penalty. Victoria said that Joe told her he was counting on getting parole parole for telling the story the way they wanted. And of course, we always considered this with Joe's confession. The police presented him with the false narrative that David was in the next room blaming Joe. And if he wanted to save his life, he should confess and say David told him to do this. The death penalty was on the table. If you remember, David was facing the death penalty, but the jurors were deadlocked on whether David should get it or not. So the judge defaulted to life without parole. And since the podcast launched, Joe has also become vocal about his innocence online. Well, Joe can't exactly be from prison, but a Joseph's but a Joseph Wilkes Facebook page appeared with the banner in giant bold font, innocent. I messaged the page and asked who was running it. The person told me Family of Joe. Although I know Joe doesn't really have family. So I wonder. But either way, I gather that this person speaks to Joe daily, and I was able to get a few messages back and forth to Joe through them. And based on the page, Joe publicly claims he's innocent and welcomes support. So on the way to prison, we talked out how the visit was going to go. As you know, I don't go into interviews for the sake of the investigation. So I was also not going into the prison with them just John and Danny, would go in. And I mentioned before, setting up a legal visit was incredibly difficult. So it actually never wound up happening. For the sake of time, the guys decided to do just a regular visit, which meant they could not bring anything in. So everything had to be in their heads and reported back to me immediately while it was fresh.
1: We have sort of the high points of Everything that I want to make sure we mention, understanding that the conversation is going to go in whatever direction it goes in, but there's some things that we'll definitely want to talk about. So, you know, my intention is to, again, sort of try to get the slate clean. Let's start. doesn't matter what you said in the past.
0: Remember, there have been multiple versions of Joe's story. The original story, that David hired him, then he told a story where David was not involved, but he went over to proposition her for sex, and she was already dead. He also said he went there to invite her to his own party he was having at the mall, and he also told the story that he was at the mall for someone else's birthday party.
1: Just tell us, you know, what what was going on around that time, what was going around that, on around that day, let him get locked into a story, and then go from there...
4: He's given us enough bullets to tear apart whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. So we just, we almost Columbo him and play confused just to let, and then here's my thought with him. He's not stupid. If he sees us struggling to process information he gives us, we just shut up. Yep. And let him try and substantiate what he's just said. Just physically you know ex- facially expressed to him that we're not understanding him to see if he corrects it you know we want him to look at us and say
5: god i love when danny plays dumb
4: yeah because it's, it's
5: so dumb what
1: it's so it's so earth he plays I know, dumb it, well it is. doesn't he, he plays he? dumb so
5: well because it's so not Danny. I'm just like,
0: what? Yeah, but, Who is that?
4: But it's effective because people generally, especially engaged in uh, a great conversation, want to help right. you understand what they're trying. You know, there's the receiver and the communicator. And you want the communicator to feel like, oh, I didn't get that outright. You let him bring you more. Yeah.
1: Because the more he gives us, the more we can angle yeah. angle our response. Yeah. So one thing that I do want to, you know, talk about at some point is his relationship with Amy and, you know, see if we can get him to the point where we think one way or the other as far as could they have had conversations with each other unbeknownst to David.
0: This was something we wondered after talking with Chris. Could Amy and Joe have done something without David's
1: knowledge? A possibility is, you know, that it's the least been discussed, that perhaps Amy yeah. and Joe were working together. Yeah. Perhaps Amy set him up somehow. Yeah. So I do want to get around, dig into their relationship a little bit, and then,
5: uh-huh. you know. And I really want to know about David allegedly saying to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, why did you tell Sam Peg, or why does she think you told her before the murder, David wanted Yvonne dead?
1: I'm looking at Sam. there's a few things that I want to ask him about regarding Sam. Okay, tell us about your interactions with Sam, you know, during that time as it relates to this case. And then if he leaves out that he told her that in the basement, then you know, we'll hit him. This is your ally that we talked to. Is a great conversation. You know, let him know that she is an ally, but, she did say some things that are troubling well did you see two people at the food court in the mall yeah
5: i still think it's very possible that was made up and police told him to say you saw them because he, it was not in his first statement that who else did you tell about this
1: just yeah. sam it's possible um but then you know well what He's, did you know about chris what happened yeah, yeah. you know what
5: Was he pretty much racist?
0: Another one of Joe's stories was that it wasn't David who picked him up at the mall the next day, because since he says there was no murder and David had nothing to do with this, a guy named Darren Rohr picked him up. Full disclosure, we searched high and low for this guy and couldn't find anyone who knew him. We don't even know how to spell his name.
1: Oh, Darren Rohr. Darren Darren Darren
5: Rohr. And whose fucking party was it if he was going to a party that Jill said he was going to?
0: And the knife. There is record of a knife being purchased on March 31st. The Kmart loss prevention people testified at trial that this was the only schrade folding pocket knife of that kind bought from January 1999 to July 99 on that day. But was it Joe's knife? What kind of coincidence is that? remember one of only three witnesses for the defense was a guy who said he saw joe buying the knife months later
1: yeah yeah what were the what were the exact circumstances of getting to that knife in the storm drain you know it was well the cops led me there okay cops led you there what was the conversation leading up to getting there you know, and, and you know, we'll go down this road for sure of, listen, are you covering for David?
0: The guys discussed letting Joe know that parole usually doesn't happen if he continued to proclaim his innocence. That's just the way it is. Most parole boards want you to take responsibility for the crime you're convicted of unless there is insurmountable evidence of your innocence, like DNA or something like that, that they can take into consideration. So if Joe thinks he's getting out on an actual innocence claim, it's unfortunately unlikely, at least for his first shot at parole. And then if he's denied, the next date could be scheduled years later. So the guys wanted to let him know that and see if maybe that got him to finally tell the
5: truth.
1: So yeah, I mean, what, listen, if, if if David did this and and you know, you didn't and you're protecting him or whatever, then we need to know that and just see what he says. I mean, is it possible that David I'm not going to ask him this question straight up, but we'll get around it. Is it possible that David set you up to be a patsy? Yeah. Because, you know, we know that David's not dumb enough. Let's just go down this road for a minute. We know that David's not dumb enough to orchestrate a real murder. The way that it was done, keeping him 4 miles away, buying the receipts or, you know, getting the stuff that day, being with him, all of those things. But let's just say he wanted to set him up, then that's a pretty easy setup. Right. It's a pretty easy way to make sure he's caught. Yeah,
5: and David did have a pretty good alibi, so he could have said, no, I, I had nothing to do with this. Yeah, yeah. Which is how it went
1: down. Yeah.
0: They laid out all the scenarios they would bring up to Joe. And so it was finally time.
1: That looks like a prison up there.
0: We pulled up to the Marion Correctional Institution, a medium-security prison with 2,500 prisoners.
1: I guess we turn in, well, yeah. I don't know. Wait. I think we go up. Well, I don't know. Yeah, there's a guard shack.
5: How much time do you guys have, you think?
1: (sighs) I think we've got... I think we could have a couple hours if we wanted, from what I understand.
5: Whew, and there is no texting me, so I could be sitting here for four hours.
1: We're not going to be in there for four hours. (laughs) I don't... No, I mean, at some point we'd be running around in circles. Um... All right. Hold on. Can we have a smoke first? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go in.
0: They took everything out of their pockets, left phones, recorders, notebooks. And they left me, as well, in the car, alone, in the parking lot.
1: All right. Let's go. Hello.
0: And I waited. And waited. I made some Instagram videos.
5: Joe Wilkes, right there and I'm just sitting, and I'm so frustrated, and excited, and nervous. And waited,
0: and sure enough, almost exactly four hours later, the guys emerged.
1: How'd you survive out here? Hi, Megs.
0: The answer to how it's going? I'm incredibly hungry and anxious, but there were other things on my mind.
1: You guys go in, you meet Joe, what are your impressions of Joe? So it was great to finally go in there and and speak with him at length, and. see what we thought about him. I
5: mean, what did you think? Is he this like bumbling idiot that, you know, it seems like he's been portrayed as?
1: Absolutely not. He's very, he's a smart guy. He's very engaging. He's a good communicator, great vocabulary. Um, A very likable guy. He listens extremely well. Like he is
4: processing. He's very good at processing shared information. Very focused. So, uh, and it was a relaxed conversation. I mean, he's a big guy, I like think he's as tall as me, taller. He's six two, six three. great shape. And you think he's got his tattoos, prison tattoos up and down both arms. He wears a, a ring on his left hand. I uh, couldn't tell what it was, but as you revisit and you're in, we're revisiting these experiences of his life, There were certain moments, especially as it related to people on the outside. You for your podcast, his friends that we shared messages that they wanted us to convey to them.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, you know, I, I think, frankly, over the last couple decades, as, you know, David's had at least a staunch advocate this whole time and plenty of staunch advocates now. It's good to, you know, it was good for Joe to hear that there are people that he knew and loved back then that still are out here and remember him as a kind guy that they loved then and still love today. And that really overwhelmed him to that know that. That probably the
5: first time he found that out in
1: Yeah, years. Yeah.
5: He probably didn't even know that back then that there were people that loved him.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. The
0: guys told me Joe got choked up hearing about all the people on the outside that still care about him. Like Sam, and Jill, and Chris, even me. They said he's incredibly grateful for the podcast, for telling his story truthfully, and not just brushing him off as some idiot who framed David but digging into his life and the circumstances around his confession.
1: At one point, he said, I've been in the system my whole life since I was one year old, either foster care or, yeah. you know, jail, prison. But I've been in the system my entire life. One, well, We weren't trying to make him emotional. No, not at all. It was, it was very natural. Yeah, we were passing messages along to him that we told people we would pass along to. Him. And so, while we were face to face, at that
4: moment, he turned his body sideways because his eyes were filling up with tears and it— It was touching for us because we're like, this this is a good guy who does still care. He has love for people. He has friendships and bonds. Yeah. No, he went in at 19 years old, just having turned 19. He's 41, he's 41 now. For the attitude, for him to have the attitude, positivity and hope that he has, it's a good example for the rest of us.
0: The guys really liked Joe, but that's not why you're listening. You want to know what Joe had to say happened the night of March 31st, 1999. So something y'all don't know about me, I am going to be in Mexico this January. I've been before, I love it, but I've been frustrated in the past because I don't speak Spanish. And that's challenging when you're in a different country to not speak the language. Thankfully, there is Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Through Babbel's bite-sized lessons, you'll learn new language skills that you can actually use in the real world. from Greetings, menus, directions, to gain a deeper understanding of the culture. Babbel is a travel essential. And for real, I have tried all sorts of language learning apps in the past, and Babbel is by far my favorite. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. And I can confirm this, I've taken private Spanish lessons and the lessons are so similar. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months free. That's six months for the price of just three. And there's so much you could do in six months to take that trip of your dreams and learn a new language. Just go to babbel.com and use promo code MAGGIE. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code MAGGIE. Babbel, language for life. Y'all, Ana Luisa is a sponsor of Murder and Alliance. And I love this because Ana Luisa's mission is closely aligned with my personal values. Ana Luisa is a carbon neutral jewelry brand. They create fine jewelry, starting with recycled materials, whenever possible, transparent business practices and small batches that are kind to the earth. Before I even say more, I'll just say analuisa.com slash alliance to go treat yourself to get 10% off. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. And even before the 10%, Their jewelry is affordable, starting at just $39 and timeless. I just got the Miche necklace, which is 14 karat gold with a gorgeous green quartz stone in the middle. This necklace is perfect for every day or when I want to dress up for a special event. New jewelry collections are released every Friday. Seriously, every time I go on the website, they have a new rotation of jewelry. One of the earrings I just bought is already gone. So there's always something for everybody. Again, you can go to analuisa.com slash alliance for 10% off. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash alliance. I absolutely recommend Ana Luisa for yourself or for gifts. They're a great brand making beautiful, sustainable jewelry. So go check out Ana Luisa. Support this podcast by supporting them analuisa.com slash alliance or use code alliance at checkout for 10% off.
4: Well, first of all, one of the things he pointed out was that when they took him into custody in Ravenna, they handcuffed him to a wall as they're telling him he's free to go at any time. And he's like, what the heck's going on here if I'm free to go? These guys have me handcuffed to a wall. And he described the room. There's this table he's sitting on, he showed his hand up against the wall, imitating what was done to him. As they come through and tell him, we know that you did this, we know that you killed this woman. And they're slapping pictures down on the table and he said he was horrified looking at these pictures.
0: We had heard this before that when Joe gave the confession, he was in distress. And we do know the police made up the statement from David, which is legal, for the record. And we've heard this before. According to Joe, when he gave the confession, he was in distress and handcuffed to a wall. —
5: Do you guys believe that there was coercion from police? —
1: Yes. — Yeah. — I believe, at best, they did some things that they should not have done to forward this case. So, that's at best. I think he
4: he really painted a picture clearer than the documents we've read or the audio that we've heard. Because we know the efforts that were made on the 14th of July, 1999, and the 15th of July, 1999, to make sure he was Mirandized, he was uh, given the opportunity to leave at his own free will or request counsel, all of this. That that was well documented. But if he was handcuffed and chained to a wall, that's just not true. That's not, you're not free to leave. You're not going to access your attorney. And then they come in and introduce this statement that David had written, basically pointing the finger at him saying he had done it. And he said he's so overwhelmed by the graphic nature of these photos. He's not reading what this document reportedly was David giving a statement pointing the finger at him.
5: So they, did they tell him what to say?
1: He said that they gave him a statement that they, they told him what happened. They told him what happened and Essentially, that like was what his,
5: happened. Like you did this and this and this.
1: Yes, and okay. that David hired okay. him to do it, and
4: he said it actually started in the car ride when they picked him up. They're they're in the car with him, telling him, "Oh yeah, David. David Thorn told us you killed her."
0: We had heard this before too, and it's consistent with what he had said before. Remember, he even said on the stand at trial they told him what to say.
5: Did he say? He told Sam Peg.
1: He says that he he didn't tell her that. And he does not remember ever telling her that. So that
5: David never asked him to kill
1: Yvonne. According no. to Joe, he did not
4: No, And he doesn't know why Sam said that, because he doesn't recollect ever telling Sam that David wanted him to, to kill Yvonne.
5: The shrade knife. Whose knife is that? How is it there? How did the police find that knife?
4: It wasn't his knife. He had plenty of knives. There's uh He has no recollection of, he said, I had plenty of knives. I didn't buy a knife at Kmart that day.
1: Yeah, 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 he did, yeah. Didn't buy,
4: he wasn't knife shopping that afternoon upon arriving at the Carnation Mall.
1: Yeah. The
5: but he knife, took them to find it allegedly.
1: He says specifically that it was the police that took him to where that knife was going to be.
5: So that's consistent with what he said before. They told him, we're gonna find your knife here.
1: Yes, yes. The pants? We didn't get into into the pants.
4: We sure didn't.
5: Um.
1: He had just
4: had so many unknowns. We never even felt like that was crucial because the cops admitted they never found any blood. Who knows how the hell they got where they were, who found them. It, it didn't matter, so we didn't even get there. I mean, the f- three and a half hours we were with him flew by, so there are definitely follow-up questions, uh, future conversations
1: we'll will address.
5: So, Rose and Chris, did he see them?
1: Yes. He, yes, he did see them the night of um, that Wednesday night. Uh, saw, saw them at the mall, bumped into them, um, says the, ca- the conversation was casual, that he did not give any statements about he was there to kill somebody. And in fact, he, you know, he specifically said, I'm not a stupid guy. If, if I was there to kill somebody, I'm not going to tell two people that I'm there to kill somebody and then go kill them.
0: Yeah. Okay. So did he tell Jill he was going to a party?
1: Um, Joe doesn't recall seeing Jill that night. Um, he said he went into details about their... Uh, their friendship. Their great friendship that included a, a trip to Canada together and... Uh, high, like a high school trip. Yeah. Or a school trip. To,
4: they were... They were both close, on. Close, cared about each other. Uh, I think it was... He didn't deny or confirm. He just didn't remember seeing her.
5: Did he know Yvonne? Yes. So he, like this question of, had he been there? Did he know her?
1: Yes, he had been to her house multiple times.
5: Did you talk about Amy?
1: Yes, we did talk about Amy. Um, he did not, you know, he he didn't have a close relationship with Amy. He was around Amy from being around David, but they were never like one on one personal friends. They had had one, as he described, an intimate conversation, as in personal, you know, one on one conversation. Um, and that was the only time that he and Amy had ever really spoken in that way.
5: What is your belief right now of him and Amy being involved?
1: I don't see any indication of he and Amy being involved together.
5: No. So the big so the question is, did Joe say he did this?
1: No, Joe said he absolutely did not do this. Um, so he adamantly maintains his innocence that he did not kill Yvonne Lane.
4: Did David do this? No indication.
1: Yeah, no indication that David did this. He believes that David didn't do it. He, he told us that over and over, that... David didn't have anything to do with it. He didn't have anything to do with it.
5: But did you get the sense that he was covering for David?
1: No, no,
4: no. And he's adamantly, David never asked me to do anything to him. Never.
5: So you found him to be honest?
1: Yeah. Or
5: at least, I mean, I mean... When he tells you, I didn't do this, do you believe him? Do you believe that he believes he didn't do this?
1: I believe he believes he didn't do this. Yeah, I absolutely believe he believes he didn't do it.
0: I know this sounds confusing. Someone either committed murder or didn't, right? Well, we know that people can lie to themselves. They can block stuff out. They can convince themselves that something is the truth, even if it objectively isn't. They said Joe seemed believable when he said he was innocent. For whatever it's worth, they didn't sense he was lying to them.
1: You know, we've got to keep pushing and, and, you know, chase a few more things to figure out exactly what we believe.
0: And then I asked the question that would change everything.
5: Do we have a timeline for him? What is his story?
1: We don't have the timeline that we would like to have as far as what the events of that night is that what we're asking well no, i'll let you take it <laughs> you know there's just um there's a version of events that he's sticking to yes so to answer your question yes there is a version of events that he's sticking to now, the follow-up question is, what's that version of events? And and um...
0: and this is where Joe's story gets even more complicated than we ever imagined. Coming up next time on Murder in Alliance.
4: And part of me feels like he would have been screaming this from the rooftops for a long time that was really the case.
5: What are the chances this kind man snaps because Yvonne just doesn't want to have sex with him?
1: I mean, if I'm sitting here right now, I think that Joe had To, it's it tough just to get the words out, isn't
4: it?
5: I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I feel like I got like, really <coughs> wrapped up. I feel like I got emotional. I don't know. I would feel really
3: um, confused.
4: This is emotional work. You're dealing with people's lives. That's normal. I know, normal. I
3: feel really confused.
0: Y'all, if you like this show, please consider joining the Unjust and Unsolved Patreon. It shows how much you care and helps us continue to tell these stories. Plus, you get some awesome bonus episodes, Q&As, and events as a thank you. And please, please rate and review. The more reviews, the more attention, and the more likely we're going to get tips and leads and the right ears will be reached. Murder in Alliance is produced and reported by me, Maggie Freeling, with editorial consulting from Amber Hunt. Aaron Case is our legal intern, and Bob Mallory is our engineering assistant. For more information and resources, go to murderinalliance.com. You can find Murder and Alliance on Twitter and Instagram at Murder underscore Alliance and join the discussion on Facebook at Unjust and Unsolved Podcast Discussion Group. Murder and Alliance is a production of the Obsessed Network. You can find all their shows at ObsessedNetwork.com.